Are you ready to take your leadership skills to the next level? Do you want to lead with confidence, inspire your team, and achieve your career goals? I'm excited to announce Lead Intuit is now offering leadership coaching. Picture this, 60 minutes of focused one-on-one coaching that will transform the way you lead. Whether you're a seasoned executive or just starting out on your leadership journey, Lead Intuit has the expertise and guidance to help unleash everyone's full leadership potential. With one-on-one coaching with me, you'll develop powerful leadership strategies, enhance your communication skills, build a high-performing team, and achieve your career aspirations. The website, leadintoit.co, is your gateway for us to work together and create a tailored coaching plan to fit your needs and goals. So don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to supercharge your leadership skills. Visit leadintoit.co, that's leadintoit.co, today. It's time for a coffee break. So during this coffee break, I'm going to take us way back to my first guest interview with Ken Bryson. He was my first boss in the Air Force, as well as basically in my career. I love doing this interview with him because he was just so honest and it was great working for him. And then it was great talking with him. So in the segment that I picked, he talked about how he actually writes in his notebook and how he prepares for meetings. It was such tangible advice that I wanted you to hear it through this episode. And then if you want to learn more from him, go ahead back to episode two. Thanks and enjoy. So could you talk about how you prepared for that type of role and uh, were in the mindset that you would like prepare yourself in? Well, I've, uh, I've got to say first off that, you know, there's always a discussion in leadership, whether someone's born to leadership or you create a leader and discussions of managers and, and leaders. Uh, my perspective on that is, and the military does this really well, you groom people for leadership. So um, like you said, how to, to command a room is something that you have to study and learn and how to bring a very diverse, wide audience, just like in, in most areas, they, people say you've got to understand your audience. You really have to do that and be prepared for the unprepared. And I think that's probably the first point in leadership that I really wanted to bring up during our discussion is, is if you're prepared, really, really prepared, then you seem really lucky. And the more prepared you are, luckier you are. So for preparing yourself for different types of things, like a staff meeting, uh, a small group, or a like a command brief, where you're briefing a lot of people in a very broad audience, it's the preparation side of that, and then how you present the information that you're prepared to give. And when I say prepared, that's being prepared for what you should expect and not expect. And that just takes a lot of experience and kind of going through things, studying your mistakes from previous uh, meetings and discussions and how things are done. And, and for me, I kept up, well, you remember my little black book, right? I do. You always, you had notes and you had very artistic doodles in them, which were always very pretty. Yeah. The, uh, and the doodles were <laughs> notes. So yeah, I, I have dozens of those books throughout my career. And a lot of those notes were just reminders to myself about what to do in a meeting and how to construct my meetings to present information. So for example, 
when I came into the uh, mission support group and for your listeners who aren't sure what a mission support group is, that's kind of like being the, uh, the mayor on a base. All the uh, normal things a city has, that's what the mission support group is in charge of. Preparing for that and to be ready for that, you've got everything from your police department to your fire department to your civil engineering to your logistics. So each one has a group of specialists. Each one has a different set of priorities, problems, outstanding areas. So you've got to study up on all that. But the main thing is you have to find a string that binds those all together. And for us at the Mission Support Group, that was supporting what the wing did. And as the exec officer, you, you saw what we did on a daily basis. And in, it's doing what we did and as best as we could to support the mission of the overall base. So once you find that string that binds everybody together, you have to construct your meetings around that all the time, even if it's in little tiny spaces as far as, uh, you know, if we're getting ready for an inspection or if the wing commander isn't happy because, you know, flights aren't going well, we were in charge of a lot of things that supported the flight. So how do you do those things better? And as you saw in a lot of those meetings, sometimes you have to be firm and sometimes you have to cajole and other times uh, you just got to kind of just ride the wave and figure out it on the fly. But you always, always, always try to keep the team together towards that specific goal, depending on what that goal is. Does that make sense? It does, definitely. And when you, so you talked about those notes that you had in your notebook that talked about bringing that together or being prepared. Uh, were there some notes that you used consistently or were they mostly, did they change throughout your career um, to remind you how to be prepared? Oh, that's, that's a great question. There, the answer is yes to both of those. For example, when I was a young lieutenant, like you were when you first came to the mission support group, I had to sit through commander's calls that were an hour, hour and a half, two hours long. And myself and all my peers, and everybody else in there, we are always bored out of our minds. And I had written, my, <laughs> written in my little notebook saying, if I ever get a chance to have commander's calls, I'm going to make mine short. So that, uh, and you did. Yes, I had very short. I remember time. that. Yep, 30 minutes was always my goal. And I tried really hard to stay within 30 minutes. And if you remember, when we started off the commander's calls, I always said, hey, we're going to make this short and be out of here in 30 minutes. So that everybody understood this was the goal and this is why we went through things very quickly. And what we always briefed the people that were to come up to speak, hey, you have five minutes. So mm -hmm. it, it's, it was a, I was the commander and I had to get certain things out during those commander's calls. But at the same time, you're a timekeeper. And that was why the executive officer and the other squadron commanders were all kind of there. Everybody understood that there was a time. So I set expectations and I try to complete as quickly as possible those expectations. Those were notes that I kept in my notebook throughout my career, which kind of changed. Like, you know, there's certain things in a commander's call you have to brief that have to be done periodically, like safety and those kind of things. So it was a matter of how do you get the stuff that's mandatory to be brief, to be brief enough, to short, short enough, and how do you also make it interesting with the flow? 
which is why we had certain PowerPoint slides deleted out of my commander's call and why we put in some fun things at the same time. So, yeah, the, uh, the notebook uh, also, I use those notebooks. A lot of things I put in there were only put in once, perhaps, in a notebook. So I referred to notebooks that I kept in my drawers. So the ones I had as a second lieutenant were a different size notebook, but I would periodically flip through those to check for the reminders, which I highlighted for a particular meeting or instance that was going to come up where I wanted to make sure that I was prepared for. Was there a notebook that you referred back to more than others? Uh, There was. It was always the most current one in my hand. And what I would do, if you remember, I would uh, take those notebooks and you never saw a blank one. I didn't just have a fresh one because when I took a new book, I would write in there the things that I wanted to make sure I was hitting on a day-to-day basis, which was bits and pieces of the other notebooks. And that's when I would spend an evening going through my notebooks to make sure I passed on, one, the information that I wanted in that other notebook or the to-dos or the the list, that kind of stuff. So This is so funny because I do remember seeing all those notebooks because at one point I had to organize your office for some weird reason. And you had warned me, you're like, you're going to find a lot of these black notebooks. And I was like, okay, sounds good. And I went through them, but I didn't realize that you had such an intricate process behind them. I knew you were very particular about the size and the type of notebook and that you always had one with you, but I didn't realize you had all this behind you. Yep. And I was particular about the pen. I always wanted a pen with a highlighter, if you remember that. Yes, I forgot about that. The highlighter was used a lot. I would highlight things, bend pages. The drawings that were in the notebook actually were ways for me to identify different parts of the book. So I would use different types of doodles in order to remind myself to go back to that portion later on to transfer it to the next notebook. And for the audience, the these doodles are not just doodles. They're actually pieces of art because you are a very good artist as well. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm blushing. I do remember that. <laughs> Out of curiosity, when you would have a weekly staff meeting, about how much time would you use preparing for something like that? Well, the, uh, the staff meeting has always had an agenda. Remember the agenda slides? And mm-hmm. when I came into... Uh, the position from taking, taking over from Colonel uh, Mark Brown, he had a set number of slides and we went through those together during our changeover. Uh, from those slides, those actually prepare you for what's going to be in those meetings. For example, the logistics guys always said, this is our on-time deliveries. Uh, this is what's going on. You always had the uh, security police saying these were the issues that were happening, so many calls we made. So those things uh, you don't have to prepare a whole lot for because they're going to brief you what's going to happen. But if my boss, the wing commander, or one of my fellow group commanders had an issue and the issue was something that was uh, fell under the responsibility of us in the mission support group, I took probably a good couple of hours the night before to prepare myself a list of questions ask the other commanders and the other people in the uh, staff meeting so I could come up with an answer or a solution or a way ahead to go back to either my peers or to the wing commander. So probably probably a couple hours before each staff meeting. And I hoped you would say a couple of hours because I believe so many people go into their meetings that they're running as a leader 
with very little or no preparation. And all of the leaders that I know have done amazing jobs as leaders put so much effort and time into those weekly staff meetings because they want to make sure that they know what's what the agenda is and that they have a direction for their team to go during that meeting. This is so interesting. I didn't realize how much backstory I would get by yeah. interviewing you for this. Thanks for listening to another episode of Lead Into It. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to help future listeners. If you want to learn more about the podcast or me, go to leadintoit.co. That's leadintoit.co. Thanks again.